I invite to your hearing or your reading if you want to grab a pew Bible or if you brought your Bible with you, Psalm 91. We're going to read verses 1 through 6 and then the last part of that chapter, verses 14 through 16. Hear God's word. You who live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, My refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night or the arrow that flies by day or the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, or the destruction that wastes at noonday. Those who love me I will deliver. I will protect those who know my name. When they call to me, I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. With long life I will satisfy them and show them my salvation. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. This morning we're going to talk about the shelter in the storm based on that first verse, you who live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty. What it means to live in the shelter of the Most High God. And I do think of that as safety. All of us think of safety in different ways. When life gets hard, where is your safe place? Where is it that you turn to? Obviously, this scripture is talking about a physical shelter, but it wants us to think about it in in a different way. Where is your emotional or spiritual shelter? What is your emotional or spiritual shelter? Many times people turn for a safe place to relationships or they turn to their work, they dig down deeper in what they do. Some sadly turn to addiction because they aren't sure what else to do. Some look for money as a safe place or something that may help. But as followers of Jesus Christ, we are called back to our original shelter of the Almighty God. That's what this 91st Psalm is really all about. The book of Psalms, 150 Psalms, is divided into five sections to represent the Torah, the books of the law of the Hebrew Bible. Psalm 91 is the second psalm of book 4. Book 4, all of the psalms look back to Moses. They turn back to that great hero of the Israelites, the one who took them out of bondage in Egypt and led them in the wilderness as they wandered around, pointed them towards the promised land. So this is a psalm saying, remember, Remember how God took care of Moses and God's people. 
remember how God cared for folks. God did it then. God will do it now. God will do it in the future. It's a way of saying right now, you and I have safety in the shelter of the shadow of the Most High God. God is the only shelter through the storms of life. It's that simple for the psalmist, but it's so simple that we tend to make it complicated. We find comfort in different things at different times. I've told you before that growing up, my father was a minister, and that meant that we lived in parsonages. Parsonage are, parsonages are homes that someone else owns, but you get to live in them. Let me just say, as a parsonage liver, it's very clear that it is not your home. So we were aware of that, living in the parsonage growing up, and I wanted more than anything to have a house. I wanted my own space. So the first parsonage I remember was in Asheville. I've told you this before. My brother and I lived in my parents' closet because there wasn't a room. They built these bunk beds that were about this long. My brother Paul was on top and I was on bottom. I had a blanket. I had a blankie like Christy showed, and I sucked my thumb till I was seven years old. Tells you a little something about me. Still got a scar right there. Oing, 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 oing. And my safe place was to put my blanket over my head, suck my thumb, and I had this basket that had cars in it, like pre-matchbox cars, cars painted with lead paint. <laughs> Again, tells you something about me. I probably licked them. Uh, and I, I would just sit there, and that was my safe place, under the blanket, playing with my cars, because that was all that I knew that was mine. Everything else was somebody else's. You couldn't touch it. You couldn't deal with it. This was mine, and it was my safe place. It wouldn't surprise you then to know that as I've gotten older, my favorite thing, is to get to work early in the morning before anybody else is here and shut my office door, turn on one lamp, and read the Word and do my devotion time. It's my favorite thing to just have that moment of silence. You see, for me, safety is about being covered. That's part of my psyche. That's who I am. For my wife, Pam, she has a different understanding, and it even goes in the way that we sleep. She, if you can believe it, I'm about to let secrets out, hold your horses, she sleeps with her feet out from underneath the covers. What is wrong with her? Can I get an amen? There's something seriously wrong with her to sleep with her feet out. Everybody knows you cover yourself up. That's how you're safe. That keeps you safe. Yes, it does, you strange people. But, I mean, last night I got up in the middle of the night and her feet were out. And I had to wake her up and say, Pam, you cannot sleep like this. You must cover your feet. I don't get how people can sleep with their feet out, people. It's a crazy world out there. But I digress. That's just me. For me, it's all about being sheltered and covered. For other people, it means different things. 
But that's what's so amazing about this image of God's shelter in Psalm 91. It's bigger than we can imagine. It doesn't keep us from the world. It actually helps us live in the world. That's why we read that scripture from Jeremiah 32 that Eleanor read for us. Jeremiah buying land in Anatoth. When everybody's being taken off into exile, it made absolutely no sense. But God was his shelter. It did not mean that there wouldn't be a storm. He lived through the storm of people being taken in exile and utter destruction, but God was there. Listen again to that last verse from Jeremiah 32 that we read this morning. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, houses and fields and vineyards shall again be bought in this land. Just when you think there is no hope, God speaks a word of hope, carrying Jeremiah and his people through the difficult time. Not stopping the difficult times, but carrying them through. And that's an important distinction, carrying us through versus keeping us from. Keeping us from something assumes then that we can blame somebody else. God, you were supposed to keep me from difficulties. I've read my Bible every day. I've prayed. I even put money in the offering plate. You were supposed to keep me from difficulty, and then difficulty came. And so before we know it, we're blaming God. But you see, instead, a healthier understanding of God as shelter is a God who carries us through those hard times. Mark Manson says that fault is past tense, responsibility is present tense. You see, if I choose to think that God keeps me from hard times, then I can blame God and I can say it's his fault. But God's grace is that God loves me. Discipleship is saying I love God, taking on that responsibility It's my responsibility, it's your responsibility to claim God in the midst of the storms of life that we go through. Why is this important? Well, it's important because we worship a present God. A God who is with us right now. Not just in the past. Yes, we're looking at a a section of the book of Psalms that looks to the past, but it looks to the past to remind us that there is hope right now. God was faithful to the people back then. God is faithful to us now. God will be faithful to us in the future. And it also keeps us from having those sort of God is my cosmic Santa Claus that I just call on and helps me out when I need help and makes everything good. If you read the entirety of Psalm 91, you recognize some verses because the devil uses those verses in Luke 
chapter 4 when he is tempting Jesus at the beginning of his ministry. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem, placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, verse uh, Psalm 91, He will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. But Jesus was smart enough to know this isn't about protecting him. This is about glorifying God. It's a totally different way of looking at things. It's why when we read those last verses, with long life, I will satisfy them and show them my salvation, we don't read that and say, that means I'm going to live to be 121, eight months, four days, three hours, and two minutes. We understand that means this is about God's glory and God has provided for us to have everlasting life. You see, it's a totally different way of thinking. It's sort of like, I want to show you what I carry around. Every day in my pocket, I have my car key, has a spare office key on it. I, these are church keys and the house key. We have one house we got lots of doors in our church, so I have to have these keys. These are the spare church keys that are in my desk drawer to things I'm not sure what they go to, but if I lose one of these, I got them. And I still don't have all the keys. I've just been here seven years. I'm not trusted in its entirety yet. But one day, baby, and this is one of those beep keys, whatever you call that, to get in some of the doors at work when people don't turn it off on me because they think that's funny. Beep, beep. So every day, this is my life, all of these keys. My granddaddy was 94 years old when he died in 1988. He lived in a little mountain town, Andrews, North Carolina, in Cherokee County just before Murphy. This is the one key he had. This very key went to his front door. He had a key to his car, but it was always uh, up above the driver's side and the visor hanging out in case anybody needed the car. It was really nice of him. It sat on the road uh, there in Andrews. But this key, here's the kicker. This key did not lock him in. The door was never locked. The, the key sat on his nightstand, and when he went to town, when he left, he walked out, he locked the door, and he hung this key on a nail on the front porch. <laughs> I kid you not. He did that, and then when he came back, he'd take it down, he'd go in. And I remember, remember my psyche, I got to be safe, I got to be covered. I remember as a key, as a kid, recognizing granddad isn't locking his house at night when I'm in here and I freaked out man it was too much and I went and said granddad how can you not lock your house and he just looked at me like what are you talking about he said what if somebody in the middle of the night needs something I'm like they can knock <laughs> you know no they can just come in 
And I said, well, why do you lock it when you leave? And he said, well, if they don't see a key out there, they know the door's open. If the key's out there, they can just use the key and come in and get what they need. It made no sense to me. None. No sense whatsoever. But the, and I, I remember just trying to you know, talk him through this. Oh, man, you just don't understand how the world works. And I'll never forget him saying to me, Buddy, don't you know that this is my father's world? And I went, well, yeah, but I'm still scared. See, he understood something that I did not, that God's love is bigger than trying to keep it in a box, trying to keep it in and keep me safe and keep me covered. God, take care of me, take care of me and living in fear. He understood that life is meant to be lived with grace and with joy. He understood what I think the writer of this psalm is getting at. That you and I are called to live in the shelter of the Most High God. And because of that, there really is hope. We don't have to live in fear. We can live with joy at the amazement of a God who cares for us so very much that he doesn't stop the bad things from happening. He goes with us through them. So we don't live in fear. We live in joy and expectant gratitude because we live in the shelter of the Most High God. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your love that never leaves us alone. Thank you that in our times of fear, in those moments when we devolve into blaming others and even blaming you, you invite us into responsibility to simply claim you. Help us, God, to do just that. And thank you for being our shelter. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.